Hi, I'm Gilbert. I'm one of the pastors at Victory, and I'm the president of Every Nation Philippines. We're committed to plant churches, reach campuses, and bring the gospel to the nations. I hope this message inspires you to honor God and make disciples. We're starting a new series today. Uh, in fact, we're entitling it Stable and Sure. This particular series uh, is we're going to talk about Jesus being the chief cornerstone or being the cornerstone of our lives. Around last year, nung time po na nagpe-prepare yung ating Bishop's Council at yung pong ating leadership team ng Every Nation and ng Victory dito sa Philippines, you know, they sought God about His direction in terms of the different sermon series for this year. Isa po ito sa pinaka-major. In fact, this is like the overarching theme of this year. The idea that if our people our people uh, would be able to find, to encounter Jesus and would be able to establish their lives on Him as the cornerstone. And then they would be able to align everything they do in their lives to Him as the cornerstone. Their lives will be stable and sure. And that's where we'd like to go over the next few weeks. In fact, ang gagawin po natin, we're going to spend uh, two weeks now, this month, and then another two weeks um, around July, right uh, during our prayer and fasting. The purpose is to be able to just remind us that uh, in terms of us establishing our lives or letting our lives be founded on Jesus Christ himself, the chief cornerstone. All right. So as we begin, um, if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn with me to Psalm 118. Psalm 118 as we begin this week. It says in verse 21, I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let's just pray. Lord, as we uh, encounter you as the cornerstone, allow us to be able to understand you know, how this whole thing, Lord, is so significant in our lives and allow us to be able to, to, allow our, to have our lives founded on you alone and all of our lives to be aligned to you completely. Lord, thank you. Bless each one of our families, Lord, worshiping with us uh, today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, uh, the idea of stability and um, certainty, being stable and sure, actually begs the question, kumusta ka ba? How stable and sure is your life? Um, how far away is the breaking point of your life? How near are you to it now? <laughs> you know, when you think about breaking point, uh, that actually, you know, many people feel that these days. Yung, alam mo, okay pa naman ako eh, okay pa naman ako, pero alam ko, madagdagan pa ako ng konti. It's like the straw that would break the camel's back. Na-imagine nyo po yung idiom na yun. It means that maraming load yung camel, and then on top of that, you just add one more straw, just one more straw, a very light thing, and yet the whole, the whole thing would crumble down. The camel would no longer be able to carry it. So the idea is that, if I am stable and sure, then even if a lot of straw would be put on my back or on my life, a lot of load, a lot of burden, then I'll still be able to move forward the right way. But, but, if my life is not stable and sure, then sometimes it just takes a very little thing to actually cause me to break down. Now, I remember in 2007, that's around ooh, 15 years ago na, I was still pastoring in Victory Imus po at that time. And uh, as I was serving there, and um, we were doing a building project, and, uh, and, and then I was also completing my diplomate in uh, Asian Theological Seminary. And of course, that was on top of the regular load of pastoring a church. And one particular night, I actually told my wife, Nakako, sweetheart, 
ganito na lang yung ganito na lang yung nakikita ko parang nakikita ko na na the, I am this close to breaking down <laughs> so I realized oh boy oh, that was a life that was uh, loaded with so much one thing after another that was not finding its alignment in Jesus and that was not finding its relief you know Jesus will, is carrying our load with us we are not alone in this life and if we learn to be able to build our lives on Him and align all of our, li- our lives to Him, then things become more stable and more sure. Oh, how far away from you are you from your breaking point? You know, if you're in a place na, na you're almost near burn, burnout or, or just things have, so many things have been happening in the family, a lot of things at work, or, or maybe uh, just your, the inner turmoil that you're also going through, or maybe even your own disillusionment uh, for the past uh, two years, all of that coming together could really bring our life to the point of breaking. And if you're at that place, that you're almost there, how do you get out of it? I pray that the message today would be able to help you somewhat. Let's go back to the Word. We go back to Psalm 118 in verse 21. Now, the story in this psalm is that the nation of Israel uh, was uh, sura- uh, had many enemies and such that the enemies were actually belittling them, looking down on them. They try wanting to be able to destroy them. And the, the psalmist was saying, I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. Apparently, God came in and saved the nation of Israel. And then he says, verse 22, the stone that the builders rejected, referring to Israel, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. God, you know, even when that surrounding nations rejected Israel, God chose Israel. And chose to make Israel very prominent. In fact, making it a cornerstone. What's the, what's that analogy that's being said about a stone that's rejected and then eventually becoming a cornerstone? Hindi po ako engineer or architect. Pero the idea of a cornerstone is that it's usually, it's the first stone that, uh, it's the first stone of the structure. So for example, you're making a building. The first stone that you lay on top of the foundation, you know, that's above the ground. The first stone that you lay would be the cornerstone. It's, yeah, at the corner. Okay, so the purpose of the cornerstone is that it has to be very squarely fit, sobrang lapat na lapat. Okay, at maayos maayos because every other stone would be set in reference to it. So, for example, if this is the cornerstone, the first two layers, uh, the, this rows of stone that will be placed on these sides, would now get themselves aligned by the cornerstone, such that if the cornerstone is not flat or is not square or is not at right angles, then the building would eventually not be at right angles as well. So it's so significant. The idea of a cornerstone is that it has to be perfectly cut and it has to be strong because it will, you know, it will carry the rest of the weight of the building. Think about that. So this particular stone that the builders would say, ah, hindi yan pepede. Bakit? Uh, mukhang malapit, madaling mabasag at saka ang, hi, ang hirap pagkat at saka hindi masyadong flat it would be rejected but then but then God even though Israel was rejected by the nations like that would take that and now shape Israel such that Israel would now become the cornerstone verse 23 this is the Lord's doing of course <laughs> Israel could not by themselves change who they are and make their nation great this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. And then verse 24, a passage we often hear. It actually came from here. This is the day that the Lord has made. It's like they have a celebration. Meron silang possibly festival. And it is in that day that they celebrate the way that God has delivered or brought salvation to the nation of Israel. So that's the story. 
of the cornerstone in the Old Testament as applied to the nation of Israel. Now, Jesus actually quotes that same passage from Psalm 118, and he quotes it directly, this time in Mark chapter 12. So that was the Old Testament depiction of the cornerstone. Now let's take a look at the New Testament depiction of the cornerstone as quoted by Jesus himself. So Jesus tells the story in Mark chapter 12, and uh, you can go ahead and open your Bibles to this. And he began, verse 1, and he began to speak to them in parables. He would talk about the parable of the tenants in the vineyard. Some of you are familiar with that already. It says there, a man planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a pit for the wine press and built a tower, full blown, the vineyard, and leased it to tenants and went into another country. So I built a vineyard, allowed people to be the ones to take care of it, and then I would just get my, you know, my income from it. Siyempre, pag meron ng produce na, na grapes, and then I'd be able to get uh, some of it. Now, what happened was, we won't be able to read the rest of the story, but what happened was, when it was time for him to be able to get <coughs> some income or fruit from it, he sent his servants. The problem is that the tenants rejected the servants. The tenants, uh, in fact, persecuted the servants. The tenants punished the servants, and the servants could not get anything from the vineyards. Interesting. It's almost like the tenants were saying, oh, wala naman yung owner, sa amin na to. Kami na to, at uh, wala na. This, this is ours now, and we won't, be, we won't share it with anyone. So eventually, interestingly, the owner would say, I've sent so many of my servants. Maybe I'll send my son. Verse 6. He had still one other, a beloved son. Finally, he sent him to them saying, they will respect my son. But those tenants said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and the inheritance will be ours. Now, some of you are already thinking, why would anyone do that? Diba? Parang pinahinaya ka na nga magtrabaho noon at kashare mo yung income ng owner tapos biglang gagawin mo yun dun sa anak niya. Jesus was saying this parable because he was actually referring to himself. The son being sent to go to the vineyard owned by the father but then the tenants in the vineyard rejected the servants, the prophets who would speak to the nation of Israel and then eventually would reject the son. It says there, this is the heir, come let us kill him and the inheritance will be ours. And they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. Verse 9, what will the vineyard, what will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others as a warning, especially to the teachers of the law who were listening. And then Jesus would quote this, verse 10, have you not read this scripture? Referring to Psalm 118. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, what we just read kanina. This was the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. When Jesus would quote this Old Testament psalm and then bring it to the New Testament and apply it to himself, so apparently, initially, this, the, the, the cornerstone referred to Israel, the rejected stone, and apparently this time, Jesus is applying the same word to himself. I am the re rejected stone, rejected by the people, but now I have become, I will become, I have become the cornerstone. And God will exalt me in the eyes of these people. God will make me very prominent in their eyes. He was pointing to himself. The son is the stone that the builders rejected. Yet, the son has become the cornerstone and this was the Lord's doing. God was doing this. Interesting. Okay. So what does that have to do with us? Well, a few, a few books later in the Bible, in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul would confirm it in this way. Ephesians 2 verse 20. He would say, Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, referring to the church, 
The church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. So he's saying that the church that is being built up to represent God in the world, Jesus himself is the chief or he is the cornerstone. So the apostle Paul affirms that Jesus is the cornerstone. And now the big question is this. How will you respond to Jesus being the cornerstone? Will you also reject him the way that Israel did? Let's try to summarize that and you know bring this to a close. In the Old Testament, Israel was rejected by other nations, but God saved them and chose them to be the cornerstone, making them prominent among the nations. That's in the Old Testament. That's in Psalm 118. In the New Testament, as found in Mark 12, Jesus was rejected by the people. But God chose him to be the cornerstone who would bring salvation to the world. And next week, we're going to talk about exactly how Jesus does this and what our response would be. But the idea that, yes, he was rejected by the people. They did not recognize him. They thought that he was just a regular stone. And they were not pleased or impressed by him. But the Father made him to be the cornerstone. And by that cornerstone, he would build the church. He would bring salvation to the rest of the world. And finally, present day. So that was the Old Testament. That was the New Testament. Now present day. Will you reject Jesus too? Or will you recognize him as the cornerstone of your life? Will you recognize him as the cornerstone of your life? So I'd like to bring back that question to us. Why? In what ways do we reject Jesus? Well, Jesus presents himself as the Son of God and as the Lord of our lives. He's our creator. So at any point in time that we have a Lord other than Jesus, then in that moment we have rejected the chief cornerstone. Hmm, interesting. Really? Now, I know. At some point in your life you believed in Jesus, right? Then you walk with him. And as you continue to walk with Jesus, there are times that certain idols creep into our hearts. Now, when I say idolatry, I'm not just talking about, at least in the Old Testament, the way it is seen that you would make a, a representation, a physical representation of God, and you will worship that physical representation. But in our day, idolatry is more than just that. These are issues of the heart. There are certain things that take the place of Jesus as the king of our hearts. Certain times now you would feel, my heart is shifting to this direction. For example, you start out, you're very excited for God, and you want to serve Him with all of your heart, and then your crush comes along. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, okay, all of a sudden, uh, you know, Jesus' prominence in your life uh, <laughs> becomes, I'm willing to do anything just to be able to get her, to be able to get Him. Even though it, the way it's done, or how it, the timing and so on, might not necessarily be pleasing to your Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, let's talk about money. All right, you start out. Oh, I really want to give, Lord. I really want to be generous. God, I want to be faithful to you. But then along the way, certain temptations come and there's certain needs come. You're overwhelmed by needs. And at that moment, your heart begins to shift and begins to consider other ways to be able to get provision because God seems to be delayed. In that moment, will you really continue in rejecting Jesus? Or will you choose him again as Lord over your life? Will you? Well, he, he is Lord whether you choose him or not. I mean, that's a given, right? We don't make Jesus Lord. 
Because he is Lord, whether you like it or not. Or some others would say, whether you like it or else. With consequences, that is. Okay, now. But Jesus is Lord, whether we acknowledge it or not. But in that moment of surrender, will you continue to reject him? And choose to build your life according to what you want? And how you'd want, uh, uh, how it, according to the best wisdom that you think you have? Or will you choose Jesus? Choose him as the cornerstone by which you will put all of your weight. You will let the structure of your life be founded in him so that your life will be stable and sure. So that's the first question. Will you choose Jesus. Now, some of you might say this. You know, I've walked with God for some time now. Hindi pa naman masyadong nagiging maayos na maayos ang buhay ko. Kahit na, I'm re- you know, I'm really following Jesus as Lord. And dami pa rin problema dumarating sa akin. Teka lang, you might misunderstand. The idea of Jesus being the cornerstone of your life or being the Lord of your life does not make you immune to problems. It does not make you immune to trials and difficulties. But it makes you stable. It causes you to be grounded and rooted in Him. Such that, para tayong kawayan. Yun po ang description usually ng mga Pinoy, di ba? Ang dami mga dumadaan sa atin ng mga bagyo, pero we just keep on getting up. So even when the kawayan would be, you know, would be pushed by the wind in this way, and yet after the wind has passed, we would just rise up again like that. That is the description of the Christian whose, uh, whose uh, life is founded on Jesus Christ Himself. Such that His life is stable and sure. Yes, you may be bowed down at some point, but even, you know, the pro- in the Proverbs it would say this, a righteous man may fall seven times, but seven times he will rise up again. That is the blessing that God gives to you if you cause your life to be founded on Jesus Christ Himself, the cornerstone. Now, the second question or the second challenge I like to give to us, aside from just choosing Jesus, is will you let Him be the reference point? Will you let Him be the reference point of your life such that you will align everything to Him? You see, the cornerstone is so right-angled such that the next row of stones and then the next layer of stones (coughs) such that the whole building will be upright, ng maayos. And then, magugulat ka, ang ganda nitong building na to ha, ayos na ayos to. Tapos, at the same time, it is also stronger because, you know, the center of gravity. There you go. You know, it will be, sakto yung hulog, okay? It's says that it is built right. Will you allow your life to be built right on Jesus? Says that as you build, for example, your personal life, as you allow Jesus to be the Lord of your life, allow, no, as you, as you recognize Jesus to be the Lord of your life, and then you begin to align, align your life to Him, you wake up, the right time in the morning, as basic as that. Lord, I really want to seek you today. I'd like to build my life on my on the, my devotional life with you. I, I refuse to proceed with my day without having acknowledged my dependence on you, reading the word, and then praying to you so that I might be able to receive strength and encouragement from you. God, I'd like to start off with my devotions with you today. That's letting Jesus align your life completely to Him. And then you look at the decisions you need to make today. For example, you go back to work and there's maybe three or four major decisions. One or two major decisions you will need to make with your team. One or two major decisions. And then when you sit down in those meetings, because the wisdom of God and the righteousness of God guides you, you're aligning your life to it, you actually make decisions that are pleasing to God, that are attuned to Christ's righteousness. So you begin to build your, the way you do your profession, the way you do your business, according to Him. You align your life to Him. Then you go back home to your family. How do you treat your wife? Do you honor her? How do you treat your husband? Do you respect him? Do you, are you able to serve each other? Are you able to defer to each other? Are you able to give love 
even though it's sometimes not reciprocated because you're able to receive love from God? Are you aligning your marriage to Him? How's the way you're raising your kids? What is the, the life that you're modeling uh, before them? Because more is caught than taught, right? And how do you correct them? How do you discipline them? How do you talk to them? Is it with respect, with love? Is it with gentleness? Is it with forgiveness? Is it, or is it condescending? Is it rough? Is it rude? How do you deal with relatives? How do you manage money? How do you spend the rest of your time? How do you spend your leisure days? How do you make decisions on money? Do we align every single area of our lives to the cornerstone? Para nang sa ganon, yung bahay mo, yung structure na ginagawa ni Lord, tama yung hulog. Plum, I'm talking about the plumb line. It's straight up like that. And it's stable and sure. You see, why would we do that? Let's learn from history. In the Old Testament, God has raised Israel to be the cornerstone, exalted among the nations. In the New Testament, God has raised this Jesus, rejected by men, to be the cornerstone and that he would bring salvation to the earth. Now, Jesus presents himself to you as the Son of God, the Lord. Will you respond to him? Will you choose him? Will you align? Will you cause your life to be founded on him only? Only. With no one else. Nothing else. Would you cause your life to be aligned to him every aspect of your life? Would you grow towards that? Why would we do that? Because Jesus is the cornerstone. Rejected by men, but chosen by God to bring salvation to the world. And as you do this, you'll be amazed by the way that God will begin to cause things to fall into the right places in your life. God will cause relationships to work. In time, maybe after months or years, God will cause the finances of your family to work. God will cause the peace of God, His peace, to rest on your mind, on your heart. And you will wake up not realizing, God, one year ago, my life was so troubled. But today, Lord, you've, you've given me peace. Lord, thank you. And before you know it, the way you've built your life, you would have built a stable, a track record, a good reputation, such that people will begin to trust you again. People will begin to depend on you. They know that you're dependable and you're trustworthy. And before you know it, God causes, God causes your light, your witness to the world to become stronger and stronger as He also allows your life to be completely aligned to Him. Jesus is the cornerstone, rejected by men, but chosen by God to bring salvation to the world, to bring salvation to your world. Let's just pray. Lord Jesus, we recognize you today as the chief cornerstone of our lives. And Lord, we choose not to reject you and instead, Lord, surrender to you and desire and pray that we'd be able to align all of our lives towards you. Lord, would you enable that to happen in our lives beginning today in Jesus' name. I'd like to pray with some of you now. Um, I challenge you that if, you have, if there are areas in your life that, as, that are not submitted to God, or if you yourself, you know you've re rejected Jesus, you've allowed certain idols to capture your heart more than God, you know that Jesus is not your Lord, then in this moment, I'd like to ask you to go to God, ask for forgiveness for the way you pursue these other things, you built your life on other things, and just surrender to Him again. And from this point on, desire, pray, that God, would you enable me to align my whole life to you? Go ahead and take, uh, to take this time to pray.
Lord, thank you. Lord, we agree with those prayers. Let us, our brothers and sisters, surrender their life to you, God. Lord, would you respond, cleanse their hearts of all unrighteousness, and cause their lives, Lord, to begin to be aligned to you alone. Lord, thank you. Now, I've mentioned, uh, I've asked this question at the beginning, if your life is stable and sure. If you're at that point that you're almost at the brink of just a breakdown, it's almost like it's been cumulative <coughs> and you're, you're at that place na, Lord, konti na lang, bibigay na talaga ako. We'd like to stand with you in prayer. And I pray that even after that we pray with you today, I pray you may seek help. Do not, do not fight this battle alone. For one, the battle is the Lord's. And, and another thing, God has given you the church, your church family who could stand with you. At the very least, we could pray with you. And hopefully in that moment, you'll be able to find strength in God. Uh, so, so that you might not be left alone. The last thing that you want is to be isolated in this fight because that's exactly what the enemy would like, that you would fight this battle alone. You're not alone, my friend. May God in, connect you. May God remind you of the friends who could stand with you in this way and allow us to pray with you right now. Lord, we pray, Lord, for each one of these men and women, Lord, who are at the point that they're just at the brink of giving up. They're just at the brink, Lord, of breaking down. They're at the brink of losing it. God, I'm, we're asking now, Lord, we could only imagine how difficult the load is, the burden that's on their shoulders and how it's been piling up, Lord, for the past uh, for the past months or years. But yet, in this moment, we're asking you to intervene. Lord, as this, as, uh, Lord, as he or she surrenders his life to you, Lord, in this moment, thank you, God, that we are not alone in our yoke. You've asked us, Lord, you've invited us to take your yoke upon us, Lord, because you carry that burden in a bigger way more than us. And Lord, you will be the one to lead us. We will learn from you. Lord, today we humble ourselves before you, receive help from you, and acknowledge you're the one. You are the foundation, the cornerstone of our lives. And Lord, I pray, Lord, for each one of these men and women. Give grace. I'm praying, Lord, for just relief. I'm praying, God, that you would come in and you would bring relief, you would bring encouragement, you would bring restoration. And that, Lord, you'd give them the grace to be able to take the next step in faith and then yet another step. Give them the grace to be able to move forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. You can visit victory.org.ph to find a church, join a victory group, and give online. Thank you for partnering with us, discipling the city, the nation, and the world through your generosity. For more messages like this, you can subscribe to this podcast through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts.